Hello, everybody. This is Ray Renati, and this is my podcast. And today is Monday, November 24th, 2017, and this is Ray's Green Room. I used to be called In the Green Room. Now I call it Ray's Green Room. And there were just too many other podcasts called In the Green Room, so I changed it. Hey, folks, if you have a chance, go to my website, Ray's Green Room, and subscribe to this podcast on Patreon, there's a button there, raisegreenroom.com, R-A-Y-S, greenroom.com. A dollar a month, five dollars a month, if you enjoy this podcast, would be so helpful and allow me to keep doing it and do some extra things. And I'll provide rewards for people who subscribe. It costs money to do this thing, and uh, I want to keep doing it. I'm not the best at marketing. I'm not the best at raising money for these types of things, but I feel like I need to start. So if you can, spare a little bit of money and you enjoy this show, just go to my my website, raisegreenroom.com. I'll put the link in the notes. Anyway, how about we get this show on the road? Boy, do I have to eat some crow. Last time I got on here and I talked about Kevin Spacey and I I said, ah, I think this is just a one-off thing. He's not a molester. He's not a harasser. He's a good guy. He would never do such things to people on a regular basis. Boy, was I wrong. I'm so disappointed. I looked up to Kevin Spacey. I still do. I still think he's a great actor. I don't know Kevin Spacey. I don't know the reasons behind his behavior. God, it's horrible what happened to these people, and I and I empathize with their suffering, absolutely. But I don't know Kevin Spacey, but it's possible that he's also suffering. And I believe in forgiveness, and I believe that everybody is good down deep. Why he did these things, I have no idea. I don't know what his psychological makeup is. I'm assuming he's not a sociopath or anything like that. I just hope that he recovers and mostly everybody who he damaged can recover now. I think it's kind of sad that he seems to have lost his entire career over this. But that's what human beings do. They punish. They punish Without regret, we punish. I, uh, I've been taking a master class that Kevin Spacey taught on the internet, and the company that runs the master class has actually canceled the Kevin Spacey segment. It's like 35 episodes that you pay for. If you already paid for them, then you can continue to watch Kevin Spacey give these great classes, but... If you hadn't paid for them, you can only take the other master classes that they offer and not the Kevin Spacey class. So that's even been destroyed. Netflix has decided to do another season of House of Cards, one of the best shows on television without Kevin Spacey. A movie was being filmed, Kevin Spacey was starring in. That's been canceled. Um,. Well, the movie hasn't been canceled. Kevin Spacey has been canceled from the movie, and they're going to replace him with another actor. It's sad. I saw some paparazzi photos of Kevin Spacey wandering around some rehab center outside. I don't know. 
My guess is that he has a drinking problem, but I don't know what it is. I I know I loved House of Cards. Great, great show. And um, I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss that show. I'm going to miss him being on that show. So what are we going to do? We got all this uh, horrible thing happening, this terrible casting couch phenomenon continuing in Hollywood. Maybe this will be the end of it, finally. God only knows. God only knows. Anyway, that's enough about Kevin Spacey. So let's talk about auditioning. For those of you who are actors out there listening to this, you know all about auditioning or something about it. For those of you who aren't actors, you might find this interesting, uh, an insight into the world of an actor, because what an actor mostly does is audition and then fail at auditions. (laughs) Now, I shouldn't use the word fail, but not get cast. That is the life of most actors. But you have to take every audition seriously, and you have to take your career seriously. And the more actors do that, the more they will eventually succeed. I'd like to just go over a few things that will help you as an actor be better at auditioning. Now, the first thing and the most important thing is that you have to appear to be somebody who is easy to work with. Easy to work with and who can take direction and make changes quickly. Big changes sometimes. Now, I have been on both sides of the table. When you walk into an audition room, for those of you who haven't, you walk into a room and there's usually like one of those Costco tables up there, you know, those long sort of card table things that people use in their backyards or for block parties or whatever. And there's a casting director or two and a director and maybe a guest director or, you know, it's usually one to five people behind the desk, and they're tired, and they usually have been auditioning many, many people over a a day or two or three or five, and they have these parts that they need to cast, and they are looking for the right person, and they can't find the right person. Nobody's getting it. Nobody's doing anything that wows them, that makes them uh, fall out of their chair, and that's what they want, and they want you to be great. That's the first thing you need to remember. They want you to be great. Forget about all the politics, all that stuff. That exists. We know it. But they want you to be great. It makes their job easier. And the other thing is all of them behind there are hoping to move up in their careers, too. I mean, the stage manager wants to be a director. The director wants to be an artistic director. The... um, the guy who gets the coffee wants to be the stage manager. It's You're all in the same boat. You want to have a better part and a better play and a better company. Everyone in that room is in the same boat. <laughs> so remember that. So don't put yourself down when you walk in. You're equal. You're equal with the people in there. But show them a lot of respect. Walk in and be the kind of person that you would want to work with. Don't walk in and throw your backpack in the corner and act haughty or weird. 
walk in, say hello, good afternoon, put your backpack down somewhere or your briefcase or whatever you have against the wall neatly. If you're singing a song, go up to the piano player, be very polite to the piano player, uh, to the pianist, the accompanist. Thank the accompanist. I can't say that word today. (laughs) Thank him or her for doing this. I lost a veneer on one of my teeth and it's making me making it difficult for me to talk. Just be the kind of person that you would want to work with. Okay? And then and this is a big thing. The directors want to know is this somebody who can take direction? Are they going to be able to change when I ask them to? Change a moment in a scene, change an affect of their character, change an attitude, change an objective in a moment's notice? Or am I going to have to spend hours dragging it out of them? Because directors, believe me, they don't want to do that. I've directed for many years. And I'll tell you right now, the worst thing is to have an actor who cannot adjust. You want someone, you want a whole cast, ideally, who when you have a, another idea and you ask them to try it, they, they put their heart into it and they make that idea come to fruition. It might not be perfect, but they give it 110%. If you want them to go from A to Z, they do it. If, if you want them to go from being doing this monologue as though their best friend has just died to uh, the next time you want them to do it as though they just won a million dollars, they can do it. And it's convincing. That's what you want. So when you walk into the audition room, it's not a bad idea to say, you know, I've been working on this and I've made some choices. And please, if you feel like I'm going down the wrong path, please stop me and uh, and give me a, another direction to go because I'd be, I'd be happy to change. They'll love that. They'll love you for that. Right off the bat, you're setting off the expectation that you are an actor who is willing to go the extra mile, to let go of the ego, to show your creativity, to show your flexibility. And that's what directors want. And make the adjustment a big one. Don't go incrementally into a different sort of thing. If they if they want you to do something different, do it big different. They can always rein you back, but they're not sure that they can get you someplace if you can't do it on your own. So make a big change when you make a change. The other thing is, is when you get the sides, if it's a play and you have access to the play and you have time, make sure you read that play and make sure that you understand your character in that play. Find the clues within the play, and especially in the scene, and the scene preceding the scene you're in, about your character and what that character is going through at that moment in the play or the movie or the TV show. There are many, many clues in scripts, especially well-written scripts. And a lot of actors, and even a lot of directors, don't get specific enough about the little things that make a person who they are in a play or a film. That's extremely important and not to be overlooked. The final thing 
that I'd like to say is you need to be working on your craft as an actor, even when you're not auditioning, especially when you're not auditioning. I mean, if you only get three or four auditions a month and you spend an hour or two preparing for that audition, that's not much acting in a month if you're not in a play or a musical or a TV show or a movie. I mean, a musician would never only practice when he was about to go on stage. <laughs> so do the things you can to practice. Um, now, I realize that acting classes are expensive, and most people can't afford to take them indefinitely. But there are other things you can do. If you sing, go be a cantor at a church or sing in a church choir. When you watch TV shows or when you watch movies, do it with a critical eye. Watch old movies with masters like Spencer Tracy or James Stewart or Katherine Hepburn. Watch those movies and don't just watch them. Watch them and pause them and replay sections and, and think, why was that so great? Or why wasn't that so great? What did they do in that moment that made tears come to my eyes? Or why did tears not come to my eyes when I think they should have in that moment? Be a hyper-critic. And, and binge-watch. I'm giving you permission. Binge-watch uh, House of Cards. <laughs> because maybe you'll never see Kevin Spacey again. Oh, that's sad. Go watch American Beauty. One of the best movies ever made in America. Kevin Spacey's the star. Go watch that movie. Watch what he does in that movie. Pause at certain moments. Figure out what he's doing, what's working, how he's making it so incredible. Study your craft. Read plays. Go to plays if you can. If you can't afford to go to a play, you know what some people do in New York? They only go to the second act. Just walk in. Nobody cares. If there's an empty seat, sit down. At least you've seen the second act of a great play. Usher. Usher for a company. Volunteer to usher. Volunteer to be a house manager. And you can go see the play for free. Whatever you have to do, keep involved in your craft. Read monologues. Learn new monologues. Go to the library. Pick up a couple of classic plays. Read them. Understand them. Do some script analysis on a few monologues. Keep working on your craft. So that when you get to an audition, your wheels are greased. You're ready. You've been practicing uh, do staged readings whenever you can. If a company has uh, new plays that they like to show to small audiences in, in a staged reading format, go do staged readings. The last thing I'd like to talk about today, and I want to do this in a positive way. Let me see if I can. If I can. There used to be up until recently, a lot of really, really good television. If you think about HBO, you had The Sopranos, or The Sopranos, Wired, Six Feet Under. These were great television shows. The last TV show that I thought was great, and maybe arguably the best show ever, is Breaking Bad. And now, it seems to me that TV is being diluted with a bunch of garbage, Netflix is just throwing a bunch of doo-doo at the wall and hoping things stick. And so are some of the other networks. 
I'm just not seeing the quality I used to see. And it's both in the acting and the writing. They, they, they keep you stuck on the show, though, because it's sort of like watching a tr- reading a trashy novel. Uh, they, 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 they stop at a point where, God, you have to know what happened, so you got to watch next week because um, it's like one of those crappy page-turner novels. An example of this would be The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead always leaves you with a cliffhanger, so you need to watch it next week. And you watch it. And this is, I'm speaking from, speaking for myself, of course, but I see actors on there doing some really crappy acting. And I'm not going to blame it on the actors because I know these are good actors. What I think I'm seeing is actors who are excited to be in a very popular show and are bringing everything they have to the table and using it all at one time. And it's becoming so melodramatic, it gets annoying which tells me that they're not being directed because it's the director's job to have the actor scale things back if they're doing too much or if they're not exploring their character's good side. Say it's a very dark, dark character, a mean character. Hopefully the writing's good enough so that you can insert some humanity into that character. But I don't see that on The Walking Dead especially with the current villain, uh, Negan. This is not to say that that is a bad actor doing that part. I'm not going to even mention his name or anything because I think he's actually a really good actor. I've seen him in other things. I just think that he's not being directed. Or, and this would be weird, they're directing him to really go over the top and play a cartoonish kind of character. I don't know, but I find it very disappointing Uh, I watched one of the monologues that he did, and then I watched a monologue uh, from the character of Jesse Pinkman in Breaking Bad, and the difference was incredible. The Negan character in The Walking Dead was so melodramatic, and he does this devilish smile every time he pauses, and there's so many pauses, and they're too long, and he does this kind of jerking thing with with his body where he jerks his right shoulder back and... (laughs) and he does it over and over and over again, and it just gets old. He doesn't act like a real, real, regular human being in a dramatic way. It's just a cartoonish sort of thing. And I don't don't, don't want to get on his case. What also bothers me about The Walking Dead is this. Some of the more grounded actors, the actors who I think don't need a lot of direction, are getting very little airtime this season. Um, The woman who plays Maggie, for instance, uh, she's hardly on at all. And I think she's spectacular. I'm not naming names because these are fellow actors who are extremely happy, I'm sure, to have uh, a a show like this uh, that they can work on. I'm sure that they're they're absolutely loving life. I just think that they're not getting the direction that they need. Now, apparently it doesn't matter, because as far as I know, the show is doing very well. I don't get it. I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. But I watch it. Why do I watch it? And I think it's going back to what I said before. It's kind of like reading a trashy novel. 
they they leave you with a cliffhanger and then you got to know what happens so you watch it again next week and then they they sacrifice really good writing and really good acting lack of direction and uh i don't think they're doing a service to the actors actors need direction they can't see what they're doing they need to be reined in sometimes when they're over enthusiastic all right, those are my two cents about the current state of television. I think that that is enough for today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Again, if you can, I would really, really appreciate it if you get anything out of this. If you go to my website, raisegreenroom.com, click on the little Patreon button, and just give me a buck or two or five every month. Uh, it costs money to do this podcast. As an artist, I don't have a big income, and I want to keep doing this. I actually really love doing this, and the more I have, the more capital I have, the more interesting things I can do. And and I, I want to keep doing more things, and I want to start doing different things. I want to have a, a blog. I want to start offering things to my members. I want to start having more guests. I have a couple of guests lined up, which I'm excited about, in a couple of weeks. So that's cool. Thank you so much for listening. You can hear this podcast on any of your popular podcasting platforms, if you could. And I would really, really appreciate it if you went to iTunes and gave me uh, a rating and some feedback. It'll really help people find this podcast. But no matter what, you know I love you, baby. <laughs> and until next week, I will see you on the boards. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>